Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, September 12th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri Governor Mike Parson vetoed more than a half billion dollars in spending from the state budget. Tomorrow is a chance for lawmakers to undo those cuts. I think there's motivation. I think there's desire there, but I don't know if they're going to get it or honestly get the two-thirds votes needed in each chamber to do it. We will preview Missouri's veto session in just a few minutes. The Washington University Transgender Center will stop providing certain treatments to minors. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports officials say the center cannot continue to provide care without taking on unacceptable legal risk. Missouri's Republican-led legislature this year passed a law that outlawed health workers from providing surgeries, cross-sex hormones, and puberty blockers to people under 18. The law says providers could continue care for kids and teens who had already started treatment, but WashU considers that too risky. The law allows patients to sue providers for adverse effects of treatment for 15 years after they turn 21. Rory Pickernese has a son who's received care at the clinic. She was stunned at the news. It just contributes to this feeling that I kept having all earlier this year of, like, you just never know where the hits are coming from. WashU says it's working with families to refer patients to other clinics. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A series of proposed amendments to put abortion rights in Missouri's Constitution is back in court. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports this lawsuit is over the proposed wording of the amendment's summaries. After months of delays due to a standstill over the expected cost, a set of proposed constitutional amendments legalizing abortion is still not in the signature collecting phase. That's because this time the ACLU is suing Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft over his proposed wording of the ballot initiatives. Arguing before Cole Circuit Judge Don Beatum, Anthony Rothart of the ACLU said Ashcroft's usage of the word dangerous and the term right to life are examples of non-partial and unfair language. However, Jason Lewis, attorney for the Secretary of State, said the existing summary point out the loopholes that these amendments would create regarding abortion. The ACLU is seeking new ballot summaries for all of the proposed amendments. Any ruling by Beatum is likely to be appealed to the state Supreme Court. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Charles County is freezing property taxes for seniors. Council members have voted unanimously in favor of the plan that could take effect next year. The Post-Dispatch reports many taxing districts in the county could go to court to derail the freeze. They are worried about losing revenue. A similar plan failed in St. Louis County, but there are efforts to rework that proposal. Missouri Congressman Jason Smith wants more consistent reimbursements to rural health care workers. Smith heard from Southeast Missouri doctors yesterday during a roundtable discussion in Crystal City. They noted reimbursements from Medicare were less than if they were working in St. Louis. Smith says Congress is going to try and fix this problem. Where people in San Francisco are paying $70 for uh, a heart monitoring device, but people in southeast Missouri only get reimbursed 40 move that up to 55 and bring them down to 55 Smith is the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, which has a major say in how programs like Medicaid and Medicare operate. Illinois State Representative Mara Hirschauer is enlisting gun control advocates to revive a bill targeting domestic violence. The legislation would allow judges to order the removal of firearms from someone with an emergency restraining order. Hirschauer says she plans to push for the bill during the legislative veto session next month. We've already lost 
loved ones, you know, because a domestic abuser has been allowed to keep their guns. And, and we can't lose any more people. And we know what the solution is. The Democrats' proposal stalled in the state Senate during the spring session. Hershauer says this time around, she plans to emphasize the connection between gun violence and domestic violence cases. University of Illinois Extension wants to hear from landowners and farmers in the western part of the state about challenges on their property. The feedback will lead to educational materials and resources to help landowners become more comfortable and confident with managing their land and water. Extension Natural Resources educator Amy Leffringhouse says some landowners are dealing with several problems. A lot of soil erosion um, that might be happening within their farms. And in terms of their forest land or their wooded areas, they're battling a lot of invasive plants and invasive um, species within their forest. Landowners in Adams, Pike, Brown, Hancock, and Schuyler counties have until September 15th to fill out the survey. The Missouri legislature will reconvene tomorrow for its annual veto session. The biggest item on the agenda will likely be the half billion dollars in spending Governor Mike Parson removed from lawmakers' budget. St. Louis Public Radio's State House reporter Sarah Kellogg spoke with our Jonathan All to preview the session. Sarah, what is the veto session? The veto session is when all lawmakers convene the second Wednesday of September, and they all gather together to consider whether or not they want to overturn any of the governor's veto. So it's a once a year thing. It is in the Constitution, so it has to happen. Now, sometimes it's really a non-affair because, you know, you got a Republican governor, you got a Republican legislature. They agree a lot. I think, you know, when we had a Democratic governor, Governor Jay Nixon, the veto sessions were a lot more robust because there was that disagreement. So that's kind of in general what the veto session is. So what is the dynamic going to be like this year? You know, that's a good question. I think, again, you kind of have the Republican governor and Governor Mike Parson and the supermajority in both chambers. But there was a lot of discontent over Governor Parson's recent vetoing of over $500 million in the budget. And there were Republicans that were mad about that as well as Democrats. So it's kind of interesting. He only vetoed one actual like bill. Everything else was budget. But there was a lot that was cut out of the budget. Are you expecting lawmakers to try to restore some of those budget cuts? I think that's a really good question. I do expect some attempts on the House side. So with the veto session, pretty much the origin of the chamber where the bill started is where the veto process has to start. So with the budget, they're all House bills. So they all have to start in the House. And so I do expect the House members to bring up vetoes. Now, in the Senate side, there's kind of this wrinkle where it's tradition, it's not actually in the law, but it's tradition that the sponsor of the bill is the one to bring it up. So for budget bills, that would be Senator Lincoln Huff, who's the appropriations chair. Now, he's not, this is his first time as appropriations chair, so I don't know if he has any appetite of bringing that up. I know Senator Hegeman, his predecessor, pretty much didn't want to do that. And that was consistently a sort of uh, a, a source of contention the last couple of years. Lawmakers hold very closely projects in their districts. Would that be the fuel for a Republican legislature to override a Republican governor's veto of government spending? Yeah, I think that is a a big question to be had. I know that Governor Parson pretty much said a lot of the things that he did veto he thought would be used for state, like local funding, not state funding. And he did say, I think if you look at a lot of the districts, you'll see that like everywhere got projects. But I think people were mad that, yeah, their, their personal projects didn't get funded. And that leads to this tension in the Senate, whereas who has the right to bring up a bill? Is it the only sponsor? And that's been 
I've been calling it a kerfuffle the last couple of times I've talked about it because it's whether or not they, you know, if Senator Schroer wants to override a, a project that he wanted, well, it's technically not his bill. It's Huff's bill. So is Huff going to let him do that? Or is he going to, you know, so that's kind of the big question is I think there's motivation. I think there's desire there, but I don't know if they're going to get it or honestly get the two thirds votes needed in each chamber to do it. The last few legislative sessions seem to be marked by their lack of action despite having the supermajority of Republicans and a Republican governor, do you think this veto session is going to be the same? Looking at it through dysfunction, I think veto session is a little different in that it is ultimately still a supermajority and a Republican governor. And again, he only vetoed one statutory bill. Everything else is budget. And I think that the question is maybe, well, maybe we'll just bring it up again next year. I think a lot of the dysfunction really comes from passing bills more than overriding because two thirds is not easy to achieve. Anyway, you know, it's not a simple majority. So I'm not expecting maybe like the same intensity that I see during regular session. I know there will be disagreements. There has been the last couple of years, but I don't see it being as big. St. Louis Public Radio Statehouse reporter Sarah Kellogg, thank you very much. Thank you. That's St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg and Jonathan All talking about tomorrow's Missouri legislative veto session. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.